one of today's players wins $5,000, then today's superfan is going to win $500. Let's meet today's superfan right now. It is Mike Klaus from Wycliffe, Ohio. Hello, Mike. Hello, Melissa. Hi from the North Coast. Well, hello, North Coast. We're happy you're here. Thank you. So, Mike, you have your own podcast? Tell me about it. Yeah, myself and two friends of mine, we have a podcast. We've had it for about four years about obscure, forgotten, and short-lived TV shows. Oh, wow. I love it. What's it called? It's called It Was a Thing on TV. I used to, that's what people tell me. I was, I used to be a thing on TV. Um, so what are some of the cool, what are some of the shows that you guys cover? Because I bet I would love them. Uh, we've never covered anything that you've been on, so that might be a good thing, since I, I mentioned short-lived shows. You're right. My, I've been lucky. I've had shows that have gone on a long, long time. Well, uh, I can't wait to listen to your podcast. I'm so glad you're joining us, and I hope that you get $500. I hope so, too. Thank you so much. All right. Well, thanks for being here, Mike, and we'll, we'll check back with you very, very soon. Thank Bye. you very much. Bye-bye. I'm going to listen to your podcast. I love, I love podcasts. Welcome to any new listeners who found us by watching Person, Place, or Thing on Tuesday. Welcome aboard. An anthology about the bad, the short-lived, and the forgotten shows and events in television history. This is It Was a Thing on TV. Punisher! Control! Hey, I change my mind! I give you Super Train! Episode 414, submission number 1354, The Slap Maxwell Story. The Slap Maxwell Story aired on ABC from September 23rd of 1987 to June 8th of 1988 for 22 episodes. That would be six more than The Husband Brothers, Razzle Dazzle Show, Uncle Croc's Block, the number of aired episodes of Salvage One, J.J. Starbuck, and Schooled. And yes, I did that in one take. Yay, go me. And interestingly enough, the Slap Maxwell story premiered three days before J.J. Starbuck. Do you want to know what premiered the day before the Slap Maxwell story? So, let's see. I'm trying to remember what day Slap Maxwell aired. I think it was a Thursday, so what aired the Wednesday before then? Oh no, it aired Wednesday, so what aired on the Tuesday before that? I married Dora. <laughs> Second reference in two weeks to I married Dora. How about some theme music? Okay, guys, we're going to do our second episode about Dabney Coleman this week. 
We talked about him in Buffalo Bill. Great show. Nobody watched. Got nominated for a lot of Emmys. Brandon Tartikoff regretted canceling it. Give him about three more years, and he would show up again on the Slap Maxwell story. A very similar character to Buffalo Bill, if you ask me. Slap Maxwell was a sports writer for a newspaper called The Ledger, and he had a bit of an ego. Boy, this does sound a lot like Buffalo Bill. The ego is running out of control. And The Ledger was an old-fashioned newspaper, and Slap Maxwell was just an old-fashioned man. And his column in this newspaper was called Slap Shots. Ha, ha, ha. And he still used a typewriter, even in 1987. It's a typewriter. And even though journalism can get sort of sketchy at times in terms of rumors and saying half-truths and starting rumors and stuff like that, Slap filled his columns with rumors and innuendo, which drew lawsuits and frequently resulted in Slap's termination. But... However, after every termination, he made apologies and got rehired. Boy, I wish I could do that at any job. Get fired, say I'm sorry. Hey, you got your job back. Not a bad gig if you can get that. And the name Slap Maxwell, the nickname Slap, it came from the fact that someone else always ended up hitting him in every episode. So he got slapped in every episode. So basically, he was the Chris Rock of... This TV series. Too soon? Not soon enough. Okay, just wanted to check. Now, Slap had an on-again, off-again relationship with somebody named Judy, one of the paper's secretaries. The series also featured Annie as Slap's ex-wife, who had a soft spot for him still. And we mentioned this in the Buffalo Bill episode. This was done by Jay Tarsus who also did, in addition to Buffalo Bill, he did The Duck Factory, and he did Open All Night. So, again, he's getting people that he worked with and enjoys. And when we get to the cast, you're going to hear some names that we talked about previously, even as recently as Buffalo Bill on Monday. So we know who's playing Slap Maxwell. Dabney Coleman. We talked about him already. We talked about him being in 9 to 5, Tootsie. We talked about him being on Fernwood Tonight, Fernwood Forever, Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. He's been in a lot of things, primarily from the early-ish 80s, early to mid-80s. And, of course, I'll mention it again, he was in one of my favorite movies as a little kid, Cloak and Dagger. Now, playing Judy the secretary we talked about. And this is a name we mentioned in Buffalo Bill is Megan Gallagher. And as you said in the Buffalo Bill episode, she was on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. She's been on NCIS. She's had a lengthy career, to say the least. She's been on a couple episodes of CSI, 24, Larry Sanders Show, China Beach, again, a very lengthy, very diverse career. Playing Nelson Kruger, who is Slap Maxwell's boss, is Brian Smyer. 
primarily a movie actor. He was in Regarding Henry, The Next Karate Kid, The Great Debaters, and The Royal Tenenbaums. Then playing the Dutchman in this series, and that's the name he's given. It's not a nickname. He is called The Dutchman, is Bill Cobbs. And again, he's done a little bit of everything. He was in That Thing You Do. He's been on an episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He's still active nowadays, even though he's approaching 90 years old. He was on 10 episodes of Go On, or if you remember that uh, weekend update sketch with Seth MacFarlane, Goon. I thought Greg would have something to say about that, because I know he loves that sketch. Oh, yeah. Seth MacFarlane is Ryan Lochte. <laughs> I was watching this TV show, and then all of a sudden there were these mini-sodes in the show. Oh, those are commercials. Oh, that makes sense. I was in a bunch of those. <laughs> so what are some of the new shows you're excited about? I, the first one's called Monkey Hospital. <laughs> it's a show about a monkey in a hospital. It's... <laughs> so funny. Well, I think you mean animal practice. Yeah, the monkey's so funny. It's, 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 not, I mean, it's not fair they give all the best lines to the monkey. I, I give it three swims. Uh, out of how many? Three. Okay. So what other new shows do you like? Uh, I'm really excited about that show, Goon. Oh, no. no, no. <laughs> That's actually go on. It's two words. Ah, uh, okay. It's it's either way. It looks really go odd. No, that's good. That's that's one word. Uh, okay. Um, I get. I give it six swims. Okay. That really was one of the better episodes of SNL in the past like ten years. Seth MacFarlane, especially as Ryan Lochte. Oh, you know what was great in that episode. That puppet sketch with Bill Hader as the veteran. Oh, no. Yeah, that's great. I know what you're talking about. That is a classic. Yes. Again, great episode. And playing Charlie Wilson in this series is Bill Calvert. And Bill Calvert's another person you've seen different places. Uh, He was in Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2. What role do you play in those movies? In Spider-Man, he played a fireman, and in Spider-Man 2, he played a train passenger. Okay. Oh, yeah, the train passenger, that one scene where uh, Peter's trying to stop the train from Doc Ock. Okay. You know about it? I don't. I'm just going to shake my head and move on. But, yeah, he's had a lengthy career and uh, quite a diverse career, to say the least. And playing Annie, who we talked about as Slap's ex-wife, is Susan Anspach. Not with us anymore. She passed away in 2018. She was in five easy pieces. And again, another person who just did like a little bit of everything. She did the Hitchhiker back in the 80s. The Devil and Max Devlin. I don't think we've ever mentioned that. She was in an episode of Macmillan and Wife. No, it wasn't the one where Macmillan's mom gets uh, abducted. Sorry, Greg. And two episodes of the Patty Duke show. So, yeah, she had a 
lengthy and diverse career as well. Talking about episodes is going to be really tough. Even though this series has been out for 35 years, nobody has created a real accurate episode guide. And even the episode guides we have, they don't have episode titles. And I think this is the first time we've ever run into this conundrum where not only are we missing descriptions, but we don't even have episode titles. So we're just going to say episode one, episode two, episode three. So I apologize that we don't have episode titles, but, you know, again, for a show that was kind of critically acclaimed, there's not a lot of information about this show. Episode one is the pilot, and we don't even have a plot for that. Well, according to Truth by Algorithm Google, lawsuits force Nelson to fire Slap from sports. Well, we talked about that. We talked about him getting sued and libel and untrue rumors and all that. So not surprising. And actually, that pilot episode, the ratings that night were very high. I don't have numbers in terms of where it ranked, but it looks like the rating was 18.2, as high as it ever was, and you'll notice a downward trend as we move on. So I think we know why the show didn't last more than a season, even though, again, the critics wrote good things about it. In this episode, playing Bavaria, she played a country, Bavaria. I'm guessing it's like Florida. My name is the same as a state. Was Joe Marie Payton. Give her about three, four years. She'll find a show that she uh, will succeed on. But no, we've talked about her in the past because she was on Red Fox's comedy hour, the, the Red Fox show after Sanford and Son left. But yeah, we all know Joe Marie Payton as Harriet Winslow. Nothing else really needs to be said. That will take us to episode two. Again, no name. Slap comes to the frightening realization that many people want to get him. Slap reminisces and sees, among other things, an estranged wife and an angry dog are gaining on him. Isn't that one and the same? An estranged uh, wife and an angry dog? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Again, humble reminder. I'm single, everybody. Surprise. So no names of note in the cast, but check out the director, legendary director Peter Baldwin. Did everything from the Brady Bunch to Small Wonder. Episode 3. We don't even have a capsule for this one. So we can't even really talk about what happened there. I got it. Truth by algorithm Google. Nelson hires Slap's old nemesis as a sports writer. Brogan, said nemesis, played by Francis X. McCarthy... Who played Dr. Kaiser in Basketball? That was a great movie. Still active today. He was in NCIS and Dear White People. Episode 4. Slap decides to take his low self-esteem on a basketball court, but his one-on-one challenger is a woman with amazing court powers. So since this is 1987, I'm guessing that female with the amazing basketball powers must be Cheryl Miller. Yeah, but she's not in this episode, though. But she would have been, like, really big in 1987. 
So yeah, she wasn't in the episode, but I'm going to assume a female in 1987 that has amazing basketball powers and presence. It's got to be Cheryl Miller. Can't be Lisa Leslie because she would have probably been in middle school at this point. And it's like way after uh, like uh, Ann Myers. So we'll say Cheryl Miller, even though it's not Cheryl Miller. And actually, we do have a name for probably the woman in this episode with the skills on the court. Given just the name woman, Laura Zane, not really known for much of anything. Just wanted to throw that out there just to put a name to the uh, character who has basketball skills. Episode 5. Slap shows an uncharacteristic streak of sensitivity when he saves a newsboy's life. Playing Eddie in this episode, he may not be a newsboy because he would have been 40 years old at this point, is Jeff Doucette. And I know we've talked about him in the past. Don't remember where, but I do recall that he was on Newhart. I see the face. I can tell you he was on Newhart, uh, specifically the latter episodes. He did play Harley Eston on 16 episodes of Newhart. So, yeah, I knew we talked about him on Newhart, but also he was on E slash R as Bert the Paramedic on six episodes. We talked about him on Aftermath. We talked about him on Domestic Life. We also talked about him on Davis Rules. He also played Twinkles the Clown on Shasta McNasty. So this is like the sixth time we're talking about him. He played a clown on Shasta McNasty. I can't believe we're actually talking about somebody who was on Shasta McNasty. I'm sorry. But yeah, we've talked about him. I'm guessing this is the sixth time from what I can tell. Not saying Hall of Famer, but again, very diverse career. That will take us to episode six. Slap goes toe-to-toe with his long-estranged wife, despite his misguided efforts to get them together again. Episode seven. Slap shows a streak of compassion when he helps his girlfriend Judy and Charlie, the copy boy, through rough times. Episode eight. We actually have an episode title for this in the next three shows, but we don't have a capsule unless Chico could dig one up. This episode is called Nelson Considers Selling the Paper. Slap recognizes the ledger's prospective buyer as a con artist. (gasps) A con artist? Didn't we have this issue on Buffalo Bill? Maybe not as a con artist, but somebody was buying the TV station. And said con artist, Arlen Porterfield, man by the name of Lawrence Tierney, is playing that. He's a Hollywood tough. He played Dillinger in 1945's Dillinger. He was in 1947's Born to Kill. He was in Reservoir Dogs as Joe Cabot. Chico, I have the best credit of all. This is the defining credit. Want you to hear me out. You're talking about the Tufts. He was Don Brodka on an episode of The Simpsons. That may not ring a bell. However, if I mention it was the episode where Bart shoplifted a video game and he was the investigator in the store that uh, took him right before the family got their Christmas photo taken, now you know who he is. What a great episode of The Simpsons that was, especially the Budding Challenge video game. Lee Carvalho, 
Oh, but you know, Bart really wanted that Bone Storm video game. You know what he said? Buy me Bone Storm or go to hell. Well, I'm guessing hell has Lee Carvalho's putting challenge. Oh, and by the way, if you've never seen it, there actually is a version you can play online. I mean, there's nothing to it, but it's hilarious. Episode 9, the title I have is The Story That Got Away. Judy fills in as advice columnist, and Charlie's dog dies. Aww. Somebody in this episode that we talked about on a previous episode, Bill Morey. No character name, it just says Bill Morey. We talked about him in previous entry, Tucker's Witch. Episode 10 is called Judy's High School Reunion. Judy asks Slap to her high school reunion. Oh, that's really creative. And actually, if you take a look at who directed this episode, Anson Williams. Potsy. Yes. And as a matter of fact, I just recently got in the mail a card from 2009 Donruss Americana, a swatch card signed by Anson Williams. And Mike, do you want to tell the audience how much I paid for it? I don't remember. Three ninety nine. Oh, that's a bargain. Wow. What is it numbered out of, if you remember? 57 out of 100. For $4? Wow, that was a good pickup. Episode 11 is called My Son the Writer. Slap has difficulty criticizing Elliot's writing. So Elliot is played by Joseph Brutzman. Not much of an actor. More of a behind-the-scenes type of person. And even for the shows that he worked on, really, not many of them are well-known. I mean, one that is, is My 600-Pound Life. Senior story producer on that. But he was on seven episodes of Slap Maxwell Story and also seven episodes of Scarecrow and Mrs. King. And he was on an episode of The Duck Factory. So there's the Jay Tarsus tie-in again. Episode 12. Now we're going back to episodes where I don't have any titles. Slap's latest problems include Judy's romantic interest in a fighter pilot and his estranged wife's desire to shoot him. Seems a bit extreme. Wants to shoot him. Okay. Episode 13. Rather than bask in the glory of being named Sports Writer of the Year, Slap decides to ruin the lives of the women who love him. Going on to episode 14, again, just the title, Slap Goes Home. Slap gives a Marine a ride and winds up back home in Texas. We have a big name in this episode. I wonder if this is switched because I didn't see many females in the previous episode, and that one was about the women in his life, uh, that he uh, decides to ruin the lives of the women who love him. And there are multiple women in this episode, the most popular of whom portrayed Kitty, the one and only legendary Shirley Jones. I don't know if we necessarily have to say who Shirley Jones is, but I think we should just in case, in case we have anybody younger than a certain age, the Partridge family. That's really all you need to know. Go watch some Partridge family from the early 70s. She was Shirley Partridge. She was the matriarch. But also, previously married to Marty Ingalls. 
married a long time until his death in 2015. And actually, Chico, do you remember back in 2006 at the What's My Line Live at the hotel in Burbank, she was the mystery guest, her and Marty Engels. I do remember. And it was hilarious. If I'm not mistaken, Gordon Pepper was also a contestant on that one. And Marty Ingalls and Shirley Jones were hilarious, especially Marty Ingalls. Funny guy, and you may remember him as Pac-Man in the Pac-Man Saturday morning cartoon back in the early 80s. I love Pac-Man, the cartoon series. And then that theme music got used in the Pac-Land video game. Oh, I love that. The show lives on in some capacity. Episode 15, Slap finds old memories and love while Judy and Charlie's relationship grows. And Shirley Jones reprises her role as Kitty in this episode. Episode 16, again, another title, No Capsule, Slap's father. Slap visits his ailing father, and Nelson replaces Slap with a woman. His father, Stan Maxwell, played by John McIntyre. John McIntyre, most notable for playing the sheriff in the 1960 version of Psycho. Played the voice of Rufus in The Rescuers, but played Amos Reed in Turner and Hooch. The movie, not the series. And that was actually his last credited role. Because he died in 1991. Very sad. And he was also in a number of westerns back in the day. He was on 152 episodes of Wagon Train. And he was also in 65 episodes of The Virginian. And he was in Cloak and Dagger with Daphne Coleman. That's beautiful. Episode 17. Slap substitute, a crack female reporter, may become his permanent replacement. Episode 18. Insult is added to injury when Slap returns to the ledger, only to find his desk has been taken over by a hard-nosed female columnist. We're going to move on to episode 19. Slap and Judy resume their relationship, and Slap writes a juicy piece on his replacement at the ledger. Playing Buddy Ralston, Sandy McPeak. He was in two episodes of Centennial from 1979, 11 episodes of The Gallant Men from 1962, four episodes of L.A. Law, playing two different people, and 23 episodes of Days of Our Lives. Episode 20, Slap offends a female Soviet tennis player in a hard-hitting interview. We have a big name in this episode playing a TV reporter, Maurice LaMarche. Where should we start with him? I think we could talk about all the voices on Futurama. We could talk about the brain on Pinky and the Brain and Animaniacs. He is a veritable legend. And he did a week of wordplay in 1987. And he does a killer Orson Welles. Well, yeah, he did that too on The Critic, yes. Rosebud. Yes, Rosebud Frozen Peas. Full of country goodness and green penis. Wait, that's terrible. I quit. Just a handful for the road. Oh, what luck. There's a French fry stuck in my beard. Oh, yeah. Just a handful for the road. But yeah, I mean, so many voices for Futurama. Lure, Morbo. I mean, these are 
pivotal characters in the Futurama universe has done everything. That's all you can say. He's done everything. He actually played Inspector Gadget in the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. I think we talked about him there, yes. That's going to take us to the penultimate episode. Slaps at a loss for words when Judy asks him for something not included in his vocabulary. Commitment. And that'll take us to the last episode. Slap and Judy take up residence in Slap's motel room. We have the return of Joseph Brutzman and Shirley Jones as Elliot Maxwell and Kitty, respectively, but playing Annie's lawyer straight from Perfect Strangers, Belita Moreno. She played Lydia, the uh, gossip columnist for the Chronicle, the one who's afraid of cameras. And that's the series. If we take a look at the schedule... Maybe that might paint a little bit of a picture as to what happened. Slap Maxwell was in a pretty good position on Wednesday nights. The lineup on ABC was actually pretty strong at this point. Perfect Strangers, this would have been season three, if I remember correctly. Uh, Head of the Class would have been in season two. Then you had Hooperman at nine, the John Ritter series then slap Maxwell at 9.30, and then Dynasty to end the night. So you really have a solid lineup there, maybe outside of the 9 o'clock hour, because obviously Perfect Strangers lasted seven, eight seasons, Head of the Class lasted four or five seasons, and Dynasty, that ran basically throughout the 80s. But the competition, now this is early October of 1987, and I think that's all I need to say about one of the possible things that it went up against the American League Championship Series on NBC, Game 1. So who would that have been? Uh, That would have been Twins for sure, because they won the World Series in 87, and... The Tigers, they won the AL East in 87. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're you're not beating Kirby Puckett. You're not beating Kent Herbeck. No, that's not working. And then on CBS in the 9 o'clock hour, if you needed another death blow... Magnum P.I. So, yeah, it just didn't bode too well early on for Slap Maxwell. But here's the thing, Mike. You mentioned the ALCS. I will see your ALCS and raise you the World Series because ABC had the World Series that year. Yeah, but still, it went up against the ALCS. Usually, if you interrupt a run with something like the World Series, you have trouble getting some of the viewers back. Yeah, it happened with O'Hara. That got interrupted by the World Series, too, in 87. And actually, in the normal 9 to 10 p.m. slot on NBC, it would have gone up against the second half hour of A Year in the Life. Which is ironic, because that's exactly how long it lasted. Looking at other schedules throughout 1987-1988, it seems like wherever it aired, whether it was in original airings or reruns, it always ran up against something. I'm looking at February 3rd of 1988, which is a Wednesday, and there's no sign of Magnum P.I. now. Yes, you have a year in the life on NBC, but the second half hour on CBS 
This is a series we're going to talk about next year. John Barber's son's favorite TV show in 1987 and 88, Frank's Place. And what was his favorite character, Mike? Well, John Barber called him Shoddy LaRue, but his name was Shorty LaRue. Shoddy <laughs> My son's favorite character from my son's favorite show, he plays Shoddy LaRue and Frank's Place, Don Yeso. But also taking a look in May of 88, this must be a rerun at this point because this is on a Friday. Again, 9.30. It went up against the second half hour of The Highwayman. But it's Friday night. It's CBS. It's the 80s. What's airing at 9 o'clock? It's Dallas. And there's no way you're beating that. Yeah, it was up against the second half hour of Dallas. And if this is May of 88, it's got to be nearing the end of that season. In March of 88, I see a new lineup, which again has Slap Maxwell at 9.30 p.m. And again, going up against Year in the Life. But now, what's it going up against? How about Jake and the Fat Man? So it's going up against Jake and the Fat Man and Frank's Place and Magnum P.I. and Dallas. And maybe we know why it didn't get a second season. Just saying. America wanted to know if Fat Man had a problem with cheese. And why didn't Slap Maxwell write an article about it? Could have been in the health section of the newspaper. You never know. And, oh, look at this. July of 88. The Equalizer. So, again, it can't get away from decent shows on CBS. So, yeah, I think uh, that competition on CBS just show after show after show just pounded it into oblivion. This is another May of 1988, a Friday night between two movies. Okay, so there wasn't a Dallas this week. I saw what you did. But I'm sorry, it's not beating NBC's movie that it aired that week. Rambo First Blood Part 2. You're not beating John Rambo. No. And again, this is a good lineup. Perfect Strangers, Full House, Mr. Belvedere, Slap Maxwell, 2020. Solid lineup for 1988. So, yeah, it just seems wherever it went, it was getting pounded in the ratings. And actually, speaking of ratings, I do have numbers. Not all the numbers, but a few of the numbers. And, yeah, this is not good. This is from... The second week of February in 1988. 48 shows aired. Guess where Slap Maxwell ended up? 41st. No. 44th. Nope. Right at the bottom, 48th. Oh. oh. Early December of 87, it was 33rd out of 51 shows. So again, bottom third. Not great, but not dead last. Early October, 37th out of 70 shows, so just about right smack dab in the middle. And the week of Halloween, October 26th to November 1st of 87, out of 61 shows, 61st. It was dead last again. Well, again, we said the competition, whether it's baseball or whether it's whatever was on CBS that night, just absolutely pummeled the Slap Maxwell story. 
again, the critics loved it. I was reading reviews earlier and they said, this is the next big show for Dabney Coleman. He can't fail. Well, didn't they say that about Buffalo Bill? And well, it wasn't his fault that they failed. It's basically Bren Tartikoff's fault, kind of, sort of, because he said he regretted it. And uh, yeah, it was in a tough spot because all the new shows that were coming aboard NBC in 1984 and just didn't make the cut. But there's a good takeaway here because Dabney Coleman did get nominated for lead actor in a comedy series at the Emmys that year in 1988. So did John Ritter and Hooperman. So did Tim Reed and Frank's Place. It must have been a really weak year for lead actors in a comedy series. I don't see Mr. Black on there. You had Ted Danson, Michael J. Fox, and then Tim Reed, John Ritter, Dabney Coleman. We're going to cover it. We'll eventually cover it. We just covered it. So what else is there to add about the Slap Maxwell story besides just another series that Dabney Coleman succeeded in but just didn't get enough eyes? It had, again, the love of the critics. And unfortunately, you end up at the bottom of the ratings quite often. You're going to just end up being a thing on TV. That's going to do it for this episode. But please remember, you can always go to our website at itwasathingontv.com where you can listen to the 413 previous episodes. We've got all sorts of great stuff there, including minisodes, live shows, extended versions. We have a bunch of stuff there. And also remember, we're on all social media, including Instagram, Threads, and Mastodon at It Was The Thing on TV, except for Facebook, where we're at It Was The Thing on TV podcast. And please, whenever X, Twitter starts charging for use, we're going to be deactivating that account. So please head over to one of those alternate social media sites. Also, please remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever fine podcasts can be streamed, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Audible. Just about any good podcast player can find us. And don't forget, we're also on YouTube where you can like and subscribe to our channel. And please do not forget to hit that notification bell to stay informed of all future uploads on that channel, including what's coming up next week on the podcast. Next week, we're going to do the third part of our little Dabney Colmania. There's one more show that we need to talk about, and this one didn't get the critical acclaim that Slap Maxwell got. But it did give us a young Jason Biggs. Before he had that adventure with Pi. Yes. But also next week, Chico, you're going to have to fill me in on this. Okay. So we have a family comedy with a future pilot of a starship not named the Enterprise and also a future Academy Award winner. That may or may not be working for the TVA. Greg knows what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. And by the way, Season one of Loki is getting released on a Blu-ray steelbook. So I'm excited. I can't wait to get it. I'm going to probably pre-order it on Amazon this weekend. Just in time for season two. Yes. But hold on. Before we end this episode, I want to make an announcement. Now, I know we promised you Network TV Fall Campaigns Volume 2. Well, due to some complications, we're going to have to delay that episode for a little while. So... We will eventually get around to it, but 
it's going to take a while because there's going to be so much stuff in that episode. And I want to make sure that it gets the justice it deserves. And also, I'd like to welcome any new listeners to the podcast who may have heard about us on Person, Place, or Thing. We're glad you followed us for at least this episode, and we hope you listen to us for future episodes. Thank you very much. With that, I think we're ready to close the book on this week's episodes. Please stay safe. Thank you for listening. And we'll be back here on Monday with that third Dabney Coleman show. Row! What is the five fingers? Say to the face! <laughs> what? Slap! Dang.